dude, as we're talking here, it is um, it's Tuesday, August thirty first. You know, the day of the great withdrawal. You you remember? Uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. You know Just what I'm let, thinking. Let it go. And look, you're old. You're old enough to remember the Gulf War. And the great um, slogan of the Gulf War was shock and awe. Right. That was the whole thing. Well, we've been treated to strut and grovel in in, in this instance with uh, with the good old uh, Joe Biden. Uh, on the one hand, it's like he's you know on his knees, you know, or in the fetal position to the Taliban, begging them not to, don't make me look too bad, don't make me look horrible. And then he does his speech to, hey, this was the greatest airlift, never mind that we caused, you know, we were the reason for it, my incompetence, but this was the greatest airlift. And then we have to listen to Winkum Blinkum and Nod, his, you know, you know, Anthony Blinken talk about how, not well, hey, the war phase is over, and now the diplomatic phase begins. Should God help us. Diplomatic phase. This is a hostage negotiation. That's what this is yes. going to be. That's the diplomatic they, phase. Do you know that the Russians spend $61 billion on their military every year? And we have just left the Taliban $90 billion worth of our <laughs> military equipment. They now have more weaponry and more of a budget than like six nations on earth have in the hands of people, 21st century technology with a 7th century mentality. How do you think that ends up? You think we're safer? So he's out there today, and he's angry. Like, hey, this was a great airlift. We did everything right after we did everything wrong. And if you don't like it, it's Trump's fault. I mean, that's it's still, I, I thought he's not going to blame Trump. He can't, not this time, not this late. Oh, yeah, that's what he did. Now they're going to negotiate with the Afghan government. It's the Taliban is the yeah. Afghan government. They're going to give money now to the Taliban. The Taliban is now going to blackmail the Biden administration into giving them a seat at the table for everything. They are going to bleed forth American hostages, not those who have simply been abandoned, but hostages. Now, I remember two weeks ago when they were saying, Trump was saying, hey, there could be 15, 20,000. Oh, no, no, no. There's no more than 10,000. So Biden says today, well, we've moved 5,500 out. And there's only like less than 100 left. Uh -huh. Really? Yeah. 10,000 minus 5,500 to him is what, 90? Right. And I'm sure to him it probably is. But this is a situation where the guy just curled up in the fetal position and was like, God, please let this be over. Oh, and now today he's out there after telling George Stephanopoulos, we will leave no one behind, except for, like, except for the people we leave people. behind. Well, we're going to leave them behind. But, right. And who's to blame for that? The people that are left behind. Of course. Because we, 19 times, not 20 times, not 15 times, he knows, 19 times they were told to leave. Right. We we're hearing this now. We never heard this before, but today we're hearing it was 19 times. Now, the people who are left there are thinking, I didn't get that call. <laughs> They're scrolling through their text messages. And um, yeah. I didn't get that. More importantly, they were specifically told that the Taliban couldn't possibly take over. So what yeah. are you supposed to do? Exactly. Oh, no, you guys need to leave. Really? Right. And now he, the Trump administration didn't tell you to give up the air bases. That wasn't part of the plan. If you hadn't done that. You could have gotten everybody out in like a thousand canoes if you, you would have had that much time sure. to do it because the Taliban wasn't there yet. The fighting season starts like in June, July when it's warm. 
those guys are chilling back home, you know, during the winter. They're not fighting anybody. That's why Trump said May 1st, it was by design. I don't want to get, you know, too far afield here, but I'm a little concerned. And what I want from you is I want you to make it okay for me <laughs> and everybody else who's listening to this because and uh, I, I, I can't I'm do that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. I want a sincere answer. In, in this isn't in the context of what the Biden administration is or what they want to do with socialism or anything like that. I want you to tell me, just give me one or two things that they've done well that would help the United States of America as founded. As an American, it's like, I can be confident because of what? Okay, I'll answer your question first, then get into some other stuff. Yes, exactly. I, I, want, I don't want to step on you. I'll say this, that, that you know that the people who are running this government, the people who are, are pulling the strings, are competent enough to get something done if, in fact, they really want to. Because when Biden was inaugurated, he was shuffled from the inauguration into the White House, into the Oval Office, where he spent the next three hours signing edicts to remove anything and everything that they didn't like that Trump had done in the four previous years. It was already, yes. it was lined yeah. up. And a guy making $20,000 a year was saying, just sign it. Exactly. So they had that planned out. So they can plan. They can do stuff. You know that. But they have to care about it. The question is, do they care about anything going on? Well, no. The one thing they're caring about is, you know, the Bernie Sanders budget plan. I mean, that's what they care about because it's all about fundamental transformation. Here's Biden going through what was a uh, Strutting what? and groveling. Strutting, yeah. Strut and grovel. Strut and grovel. You know, give, me I, liberty, give me death. You know, those great slogans of American history. I, I have an issue with what they're actually doing here. You know, you said that uh, you know the Taliban now has $90 billion worth of equipment. That makes them one of the most powerful armies on the face of the planet right now. I think, quite frankly, they control the entire Middle East with, with that. You know, they have two choices. They could, well, they could sell it all off and, and use it to fund their economics program. <laughs> or have a really good party. Exactly. You well, know. they could take out Israel. Yeah, they could try to do that, you know, turn it into a couple of different bombs. Or, yeah, they could shoot a, you know, a Nickelback video for all I know. Nickelback could do it. <laughs> That's, it's a ridiculous kind of thing that we have going on here. It's, it is absurd that we even have to consider this kind of stuff. And here's Joe Biden, who, uh, uh, as we were talking about before, I mean, who would have thought that the interview with George Stephanopoulos would have landed the hard-hitting questions, right? Stephanopoulos is basically a stuffed animal himself. He's thinking, what is the easiest thing I can ask this brain-dead Muppet? Exactly. That won't get him into trouble. And it happened it, to be... The answer is nothing. Yeah. Could the Taliban take over? No! No! A million no! Years. Maybe in... Maybe in a day, but not in not in a million years. Yeah. I've heard that the Taliban could move into Kabul and take it over within a weekend. Ah, that's been debunked. Debunked. <laughs> debunked. I was watching a I was watching a video of Trump in August of 2017 saying that exact thing. Oh, really? You can't. Yeah, you cannot just pull out because you'll create a vacuum and the Taliban will move right in. We all know it creates a vacuum. Look, we don't have to even go back that far. Joe Biden was sitting there, you know, uh, he he was there on his on all fours, acting as an ottoman for, for Barack Obama as he pulled everybody out of of Iraq, right? Yes, to create ISIS. Exactly. 
he was there. He, he may not have been involved, but he was certainly there, so he knows what happens. What did they call ISIS, the junior varsity? Exactly. Was that, yeah. I was watching, and, and someone's coming out and saying, oh, hey, tell me a time. That, when was the last time it didn't go like this when you pulled out of a war? Well, let's see. As much as I wasn't big on the whole thing with Iraq, we didn't have a situation where, you know, they were throwing snowballs at us as we tried to leave the airport. Right? We didn't leave $90 billion worth of equipment exactly. and rescue dogs and all these other things behind. So as horrible as it was, you know that it can be done because we did it. And and Biden and Obama were there. This With is less just, resources yeah. you know, then than we have now. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous to presume that, oh, well, any time a war ends, this is what happens. And just to give you an idea that this is not the way all these wars would end up. Back in the 70s, there was a movie. Peter Sellers was in it. It's called The Mouse That Roared. Yeah, I remember that. A small postage stamp of a country declares war on the United States because they're financially bankrupt and they you know, they don't know what to do. And they figure, well, let's declare war on the United States and uh, and we'll just we'll give up within 24 hours and, and they'll rebuild our country. We'll be a, an economic powerhouse then. And this is the whole premise. It was a huge hit. People were going to see this thing. It was a classic film. So the basic assumption that, oh, when you pull out of a country, what happens is it all falls apart is not the standard fare. For the longest time, it was always an argument in the United States. I can't believe these are people. We we crushed these people. And now they're competing with us on cars. And now it's like, what what happened? How did we, how did we lose the peace because we won the war? Right. Well, I, I don't know. I guess what you're supposed to do is just you know, cut and run, leave them a few billion dollars worth of military equipment, and and maybe this won't happen. I don't know, but it's a far cry from the assumption that oh, this is always what happens. The Biden administration is trying to act like this is normal, and Biden himself is upset and mad that people are calling into question his activities because this is always what happens. We always knew this was going to happen. Well, you know, not when we were talking to George Stephanopoulos, but it's always what we knew was going to happen, right? Yes. Uh, Six weeks ago, he was saying this could never happen. Exactly. Now, we've gone from a situation where we we didn't think that the Taliban were going to overrun everything to we promised we were going to get all of our people out to once we get everybody out, we're going to, you know, be able to bring them to the United States and everything will be great. We're going to stand by the people who stood with us. Well, we know the first two didn't work out. (laughs) <laughs> certainly. Now the third one, you know, they have humanitarian issues. People are going to be starting to die there because of the unsanitary conditions. Because there's human feces, there's rat infestations, there's all sorts of stuff with the people who we managed to get out of Afghanistan. Why is it this bad? I'll tell you why, because nobody bothered to think about it. Everybody just thought, oh, we got what, 1,500 people? How how bad can it be? We can We can move them in an afternoon. No big deal. And you then know, the third thing, a... the fourth thing on the horizon, and this is what should scare you, is they're saying, oh, we've got all this great capability for across-the-horizon monitoring of terrorist activity. We can keep an eye on all this stuff, and we can take care of it. Well, as it are, the first two shots that they fired from drones, one took out somebody who was a planner. The other was supposed to take out a bunch of people who were about to engage in terrorist activity. But apparently, as it turns out, it was a family on their way to Sunday brunch or something who had, you know, you, you, they took out a carload of of, uh, of kids and, and, and their family. You know, And these are our friends telling us this. This isn't the Taliban telling us this. These are the Afghanis. 
These are the people that we're supposed to be out there trying to extract. So tell me that we're, we have this under control. Oh, no, it's fine. This administration has a track record of underestimating everything. So how in the world do we expect they're going to keep us safe uh, from with a, an across-the-horizon view of terrorism management? You so realize that the— you rejected my premise of, I want you to make me feel better. Oh, I'm not. I can't. You just you just leapfrog that. Yeah, to, you know that the no, uh, I can't make you feel better. That a, that a drone uh, flying from our midi our uh, bases in the Middle East will expend sixty percent of its energy just getting there and back. What happens if we get there and the target has moved? Oops. I mean, come on. This Trump is ridiculous. It. It's Trump's fault. Well, of the course it moved. is, right? Yeah. Naturally, I'll tell you the good news. Here's oh, the good thank news. God, jeez, I've been waiting for this. What is the good news? Everybody move to the edge of your seat as I have done and lean forward expectantly. The good news is is that nobody's buying this bull crap. Uh, that is good news. Biden's even the mainstream media doesn't yeah. seem to be buying it. Biden's popularity has dropped from, you know, being a majority positive to well, I think he's got 42% that are yeah, that the think last he's thing doing, I saw was 38. That's collective. Okay, that's that's people who think he's doing a great job. People think he's doing a, a good job. Fifty some odd. Forty-two percent think he's doing a good yeah, that's job. A good question. That seems like an astronomically high number. Here's a bigger question for you: Why do eighty percent of the people who identify as Democrats think he's doing a good job? Where are they? How do you look at any of this and think this is a grand idea? The polls, those polls. I mean, they got to be the usually skewed polls they do during elections. I, I just cannot believe that 80% of Democrats, and I know some hardcore Democrats who are just tingling with shame over all of this, thinking, oh my God, if we could go back to the days of some you know nasty tweets, hey. I'd do it now. And the good news about that is that maybe there's going to be some pressure on this administration to start acting like grownups instead of junior high school kids. We got that going for us. Which is nice. That's the hot shot for today, folks. Be That's sure to listen to the shot. podcast. I we, hope you've been drinking uh, bullet rye, as <laughs> I have been. We could use all the good news we can get, bottled or otherwise. That's right, because it ain't good now. <laughs> all right, folks. Listen to the podcast. This has been Happy Hour at the End of the World. Hot shot. <laughs> Take care, folks.